in the United States, Jerome Powell spelt out very clearly in his testimony before Congress that more fiscal stimulus was needed, whilst in Australia, Guy DeBell hinted that more monetary easing might be just around the corner. In fact, NAB has revised its rate forecast. We'll look at that today. Plus, trouble in Britain, more lockdowns, worse data, and a central bank not signalling a clear direction. And we've got a swag of PMIs out today. How are they all getting through the pandemic? These numbers will give a snapshot for last month. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is up again another half percent on the DXY index. It's up 0.3% on the Japanese yen and 0.6% on the Swiss franc, whilst the big losses have been felt in the Aussie dollar, uh, which is down three quarters of 1% to 71.7 US cents. The pound is losing 0.6% again. The euro down half a percent. US stocks have switched direction again, 1.8% for the NASDAQ, almost 1% up for the S&P 500. Much less in Europe, although the, the FTSE 100 is up 0.4%, so is the DAX, but there's been falls in France and Spain. Europe is where the bond movements have been happening. UK 10-year gilts up five basis points. No movements to speak of in the United States, but there has been in Australia. We'll come on to that uh, in a moment today. Oil is up as well, a 0.9% rise in WTI. It's Tapa Strickland today, Director of Economics for Markets at NAB in Sydney. Who uh, who joins us? I mean, the, there's not any reason for equities to be up today, is there? Apart from apart from bargain hunting, because uh, you know we had uh, Jerome Powell talking to Congress in the last few hours, saying the path ahead remains uncertain, and uh, you'll only get a full recovery when people feel it is safe to return to normal life. In other words, when the coronavirus is under control, they're not exactly heartening words, and yet uh, equities back on the rise today. No, so the uh, U.S. equity market has staged a, a rally, and uh, as you're saying, uh, no real driver because of that. And so, to me, it's more uh, by the dip mentality. I did see a few uh, notes on the technicals in terms of the tech sector, and a lot of people were expecting uh, favorable uh, tech uh, fundamentals. Um, so we're expecting a bit of a, a rebound uh, today from that. Uh, but apart from those two reasons, uh, no real fundamental uh, view for why equities did rise. The, the vagaries of the, uh, of the share market. Well, let's get back to uh, talking about Jerome Powell then and his appearance in front of Congress. Uh, he was questioned on the need for more fiscal stimulus. He did say there needs to be more, even though Larry Kudlow has uh, said that the recovery is self-sustaining and he doesn't need it. Uh, and I wonder whether this is Boyd shares a little bit, the fact that, you know, here you have uh, the, uh, the the Fed chair saying that more stimulus is coming. He basically said that most people on the Fed will have made their forecast predictions, their dot points, based on some sort of stimulus coming in the next few months. Uh, yes, that's right. And that's why uh, most economists uh, view uh, another U.S. fiscal package as very important in terms of the outlook. And uh, it is less encouraging that our Congress has been unable or unwilling to agree uh, to a new package. And as you're noting, the current debate around the new uh, Supreme Court nominee is likely to take a lot of energy uh, from Congress uh, at this important time. So there's a little bit of doubt creeping in in terms of whether the US can agree to a another fiscal package. And just worth noting on the back of that, uh, we were talking about a month ago about uh, the revised unemployment supplement benefit uh, after the expiry on July 31. Trump signed that executive order uh, stating that he's going to reallocate uh, 300 a week uh, towards um, boosting uh, the unemployment benefit supplement. It looks like uh, eight states in the US have uh, already run out of money in terms of that funding 
allocation. And so you're going to see that reduced unemployment benefit supplement um, ending uh, very soon in many states. And that puts the emphasis back on to uh, whether Congress is able to agree to a new fiscal package. Yeah. So again, you know, if that doesn't happen, not much room for optimism. And you've also got, you know, the US now having topped 200,000 deaths, according to the John Hopkins University numbers, 6.8 million cases since the start of the outbreak on both counts, the worst in the world. And Surely it also means that those any forecasts coming out of the Fed, if, if they have been based on the fact that, you know, they're assuming that there will be some stimulus and there isn't, then their forecast should have been uh, should be should be more more dovish than they have been. Uh, in, in, indeed, and uh, I guess that's, that's the uncertainty that markets are toying with at the moment, and is adding a lot of volatility uh, volatility at the moment. Um, you've got a, a, a quite a number of uncertain events coming up, including the November presidential elections, uh, the Supreme Court um, yep. uh, justice, and then uh, in addition to that, the uh, debate around uh, the US uh, stimulus package. And as well. uh, yeah, the other place for uncertainty, obviously, the UK. It's all around the same time. They've got everything going on as well. Uh, They're now up to 5,000 cases uh, a day. That's what was reported today in the UK. It was uh, around 4,000 the day before. And, you know, it was not that long ago. It was around 1,000. This is now the highest since early May. They are at a perilous turning point, according to Boris Johnson. Uh, He's told people to work from home if they can, having told them a few weeks ago that they should get back to work. Uh, Pubs and restaurants are going to have to close at 10. Uh, you know, not long ago, they're actually paying people to, to eat out. So that's quite a U-turn going on and their numbers continue to rise. And you know what, Tapas, I suspect this is just the beginning. I suspect they're going to have to do more, aren't they? Yeah, so uh, it has been very interesting development about what the virus resurgence in the Northern Hemisphere uh, as the winter uh, starts approaching, although it is only autumn there at the moment. Yeah, starting um, today. With <laughs> with um, those uh, resurgency in virus numbers, you've seen lockdowns uh reinstated in areas such as Israel and uh, being talked about in a number in a number of other countries and as you're noting in the UK which is seeing that upsurge in cases uh, the restrictions imposed so far have been relatively mild and the experience back in Australia in terms of Victoria is uh, governments are very reluctant to implement a hard lockdown immediately due to the large economic costs. Mm. Uh, but in the end, it looks like most governments are forced into that mechanism if they don't have adequate uh, track and trace. Which they don't in the UK, of, of course. And look, they also, the CBI Industrial Order Book, their, their balance for September fell to minus 48 from minus 44 uh, a, a month ago. So it's basically going backwards when you'd be hoping that things would be picking up. Look, Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England uh, was talking at the British Chamber of Commerce at a webinar overnight. He's been trying to quash rumours about the bank switching to negative interest rates. Uh, he said that they have the to- tool bag. The fact it's in the tool bag doesn't imply uh, anything about the probability of them using uh, negative interest rates at the moment. And that helped to uh, reverse the downward direction of the pound a little bit today, uh, although it's still way down as we speak. Uh, in, in, indeed, in addition to the movements in the uh, in, in cable, we also saw bond yields in the UK up around uh, five to seven basis points across the curve as markets started to price out that probability of negative rates next year. Uh, With uh, Governor Bailey's words, they kind of reinforce the view that we've had that if the BOE needs to stimulate the economy more, say if there's a resurgence in the viruses we're seeing, that their first option is most likely to be QE. Uh, And so we'll be looking quite closely at further comments that uh, Governor Bailey is going to give later on in the week in terms of his views on how much QE could be expanded. And then I think the debate about negative rates is really a story for next year. And uh, that partly because uh, the UK financial system really needs to gear up uh, for the 
potential of having negative rates. So it can come down to such uh, mundane things as an IT system. Can you actually punch in a negative number uh, mm. into um, a certain software package? Really? It's like the, that's part uh, of the reason why. Y2K uh, bug all over again, isn't it, really? Uh, look, let's have a look at what's happening in Australia because Guy DeBell is uh, going down the same road as well. He's Well, he wasn't giving much away. I mean, so, some people are reading this as a sign that more easing is to follow. He said more easing should be the uh, should is there should the Reserve Bank decide that it's warranted. Uh, I mean, that could just be a central banker saying nothing at all, couldn't it? But that, but NAB's expectation is that that uh, there will be more that there will be more easing just around the corner. Uh, in, in, indeed, it is, and uh, I think you have to place uh, Deputy Governor De Bell's speech in the context on what it was given in. And so, in the lead up to the speech, there was some speculation that Dr. De Bell could use the speech to guide markets into what else the RBA could do to support. The recovery, and part of the reason why is because the September board meeting uh, was where the RBA expanded the TFF and also inserted the dovish language into that concluding paragraph that suggested the board is considering further easing measures. And there were also several media articles, as you noted, that one AFR article as well, uh, that suggested that the RBA felt the need to communicate its easing bias more explicitly to the market. So taking all those factors in, in, in interview, uh, we think the Reserve Bank has Signaled has explicitly signaled that uh, it is likely to ease policy at an upcoming meeting. And the key reason why it wants to do that is that it is viewing the recovery as being more protracted uh, than before. And uh, Victoria's lockdown is one part of that reason. Um, and uh, Dr. DeBell gave a number of different policy options that the RBA could uh, undertake. And uh, his comments around those various policy options leads us to think that uh, the RBA is most likely to cut the cash rate uh, to 10 basis points from 25 basis points. And that would flow through to the three yield target and to the TFF rate, um, as well as embarking on uh, – an unknown quantity of QE at the longer end of the curve, say targeting between the five to 10 year rate, uh, both to reduce uh, longer run rates and also um, to get some impact on the economy in terms of the portfolio rebalance effect. Right. So three-year uh, bond yields down two basis points yesterday. So was that was that NAB or was that DeBell driving that, or a bit of both? I, indeed, it could be a bit of both. Uh, and I think for the rest of today, markets and uh, various commentators will be continuing to digest uh, DeBell's uh, speech yesterday mm. and uh, the probability that the RBA could move rates, uh, which we think is, uh, in, in our view, that they will do at either the October or the November so how concerned should we be about the payrolls data that we got from the ABS yesterday for the for the week ending the 5th of September, which showed payrolls jobs actually fell 0.4% between the 22nd of August and the 5th of September. They come out every two weeks, don't they, these, these reports? So 0.4% fall in payrolls jobs when we'd be hoping that it would be getting better. And now you could say, well, that's all just down to Victoria. But it wasn't, was it? We saw 0.3% fall in New South Wales and in Queensland. In, 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 and that's part of the reason why we think the RBA is going to be uh, embarking on a embarking on further policy easing is because there is some hint that the recovery that we're seeing, that we have seen, which has definitely surprised a lot of people, is now starting to slow in terms of uh, momentum um, into the recovery. And you did see that in the payroll data, as you'll note, as you're noting, payrolls over the past um, uh, four weeks uh, were down. And then when you even split it up in the state split, uh, payrolls in Victoria were down 2.1% over the past four weeks uh, and were down just slightly in other states by 0.2%. Um, but 
With the slowing in payrolls growth outside of states of Victoria, particularly WA, uh, that does potential have implications for how far state economies can bounce back in an environment of social distancing and when interstate and international borders remain closed. And we've been talking on this morning call about this 90% economy where you can get back to a certain point, but that missing 10% of your economy is very hard to recover without reopening international borders and allowing international tourism and yep. international education as is uh, as is quite crucial for Australia. Yeah, and all the sectors where people have lost their jobs and they've got no chance of getting them back in their industries. Look, we're very, very quickly, I have to race through all of this because we are running out of time. A whole bunch of flash PMIs today for the euro area, for Germany, for France, for the UK and for the US, for manufacturing and services. Most are expanding in August. Is there a chance that, you know, the rising infection numbers will see these numbers fall today? I imagine these are all pretty important numbers, aren't they? Oh, very, very important. We'll be watching them very closely because of that reason. And also the one in the US as well, uh, be- just because of the uh, expiring unemployment benefit supplement back in late July. Uh, the consensus looks for broadly unchanged. Uh, so if they were to fall, that would definitely disappoint markets. Um, in terms yeah. of other things coming up, we also get the RBNZ meeting today uh, and um, we expect no real change uh, from the RBNZ um, and we'll really wait until the November meeting for a clearer shift in terms of our policy yeah. implications. We, when they issue the monetary policy statement, exactly. And we got Aussie retail sales, the preliminary numbers for August as well. Uh, I, I'm guessing that, that that might come down a bit uh, at, at, at some point because you know it, it's been boosted a lot by, by stimulus. Tell me if I'm wrong on that. And also, a couple of uh, Fed, Fed speakers about uh, and another uh, day of testimony from Jerome Powell as well. He's in front of the House Committee today, although I suspect he said everything yesterday. Uh, in, in, indeed, there's not too much to uh, watch out for, um, although um, might be worth looking at Fed's Evans. Um, a few comments that he gave last night um, did lead to a little bit of US dollar strength, um, but when you actually looked into the bones of his uh, talk, uh, it looked like he might have been misinterpreted, um, so I think that's just worth watching for any clarification. Right. Excellent. We have to get out of here. Good to talk. Tapas. Catch you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, all. That was a busy one. Uh, Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.